last night, Chris. <laughs> I parked my car. I walked into my humble abode. I put on some comfortable clothes, you know, pair of shorts, nice t-shirt. I went to the kitchen, poured myself a glass of Cabernet Sauvignon, a nice glass of red wine. And I sat and I thought to myself, what is this team? What is this season? What are we seeing? What is going on after a 24 to 10 loss? The most damning, I would say, in a long time. Forget the season yeah. under Mike Tomlin. Um, I think this pretty much sums it up. Robert says, Chris from the South Side Beat said, if the Steelers win the Super Bowl this year, he'll shave his beard. Huh. DeMond comes in and says, his beard will most definitely be safe. Agree with that. You are 100% correct, my friend. Um, Agree with that. Listen, I don't think, uh, just my initial takeaway, because I have a lot of uh, takeaways from yesterday's game, but my initial takeaway is the Steelers aren't as bad as they put on film yesterday. Um, The Cardinals are not a good football team. Are the yes. Steelers not as bad as we we think? I mean, let's start I, there. Not, that's not what I said. I know I said that. They're, I said they're not as good as they are. Okay. They're not as bad right. as they put on tape yesterday. I don't know about that. I, I do. don't know about that. I don't, no, because we've seen them play better than that. Listen, the Cardinals are not a good football team. Okay, they're not. There, there is n- there is one thing from yesterday that had me actually going. Now that's that's something, and that was Trey McBride, and that's pretty much it. Everything else that the Cardinals threw, I mean, James Conner's a good running back too. I'll give him credit too. He had a couple of really nice runs. Um, but nothing from the defense wowed me. Nothing from Kyler Murray wowed me. He had, yes, he had some nice throws, but nothing out of, nothing extraordinary to me. Some nice throws that an NFL caliber quarterback makes. But I now, Barber, this is a different question. I didn't say, you know, Again, I'm saying I don't think the Steelers are as bad as they put on tape yesterday. But okay, and I've got to I've got to address something else here. Um, it, it, I'll put the comment on, on here in a little bit. But um, and listen, okay, let's get let's just get this out of the way too. Frank says Mike Tomlin's a terrible coach, losing to a losing team. Listen, the whole thing about Mike Tomlin losing to sub 500 teams and playing down the competition, the numbers just don't. Don't back that up. He's got a 724 winning percentage against sub 500 teams. The numbers just don't back it up. It's 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 not. Listen, this was a failure across the board yesterday. This is not all on Mike Tomlin. This is not all on Kenny Pickett. This is not all on Eddie Faulkner and Mike Sullivan of, of the off you know of the whole offensive coordinator play calling duo that they've got going on. This is not on just the injuries. This is on literally everything what if anything could go wrong yesterday it went wrong both in terms of things they can't control and most definitely in things they can control this is it was it was failure across the board i didn't do a proper introduction this is the south side beat as we are every monday through friday 3 to 3 30 ish (laughs) on dk pittsburgh sports live on youtube and then of course later on podcast form So as I drank that glass of red wine, Chris, (laughs) after I got home last night, I thought to myself, if I could get one word to describe these Steelers, the 2023 Pittsburgh Steelers at seven and five, 
in a postseason spot as it sits today somehow with that smoke and mirrors first nine games of the season where they out, were outgained by every opponent and still found ways to win. I had one word for this team, and that's what the title of this show is. These Steelers are, and I want those that are listening live to go into the comments and put one word of what these Steelers are. And I want you to think of a word to describe these Steelers, because I have a word. These Steelers are untrustworthy. I can't sit here two days removed from having to play the New England Patriots on Thursday. I can't sit here and say the Steelers are going to win that football game. I can't do it. And I know the Patriots just lost to the Chargers with a wonderful score of six to nothing. I can't trust these Steelers. I can't do it anymore. Yeah, I, It's top to bottom. It's top to bottom. I can't trust Mike Tomlin right now to make proper in-game decisions, to make proper in-game adjustments, to properly game plan and get his team ready. Jalen Warren said it after the game. Mm -hmm. They took him lightly. That's one representative of the team. Mika Fitzpatrick said it in a different way, that they didn't play our best ball and they played to the Cardinals level. That's different. Jalen Warren said on two separate occasions, the Steelers took the Cardinals lightly. He told it to me and a reporter from Erie, and then in another media scrum with a bunch of other reporters, he said the same exact thing, that the Steelers took the Cardinals lightly. That is a lack of focus. That is a lack of preparation. That is on Mike Tomlin. It goes to the coordinators. Of course, they change offensive coordinators. That's one thing. Chris, they just let the Cardinals put up 24 on them. Okay? Yeah. This defense is, is good in terms of, of limiting points per game, but they're not good in limiting yards per game. Yards turn into points. Case and point, 99 yards on 15 plays on a touchdown drive. After the offense, by the way, failed. Failed. Epic fail on the goal to go. Why are you in shotgun with Mitch Trubisky, with Najee Harris at the hip, and you go for it in that fashion? Give him a running start at least. Okay, but that's a whole other thing, and you broke it down in your chalk talk. It's a failure on coaching. It's a failure on coordination. It's a failure to account on players. That team was not ready to play. That team was not ready for the Arizona Cardinals. That team was not ready for James Conner. And now, I don't care about 7-5. and five. I don't. I don't care about it. I need to worry about what's in front of the Steelers right now. Mike Tomlin wants to do it. He said time and time again, year yeah. after year, we worry about it week to week. Well, guess what? I have no faith right now in Thursday. They should win by virtue of the Patriots being the worst team in the AFC on paper. They are god-awful. Okay. And now we can't confidently sit here on the Monday before that Thursday game and say that the Steelers can go into that game and win it. We can't do it. We can't do it because of what we just saw on Sunday. Lack of preparation, lack of focus. The offensive line got pushed around. Mason Cole was throwing ground balls, and Mitch Trubisky had to field him like he was Cabrian Hayes at third. They couldn't run the football effectively. The one thing that they actually could do well against the Cardinals team, by the way, that just let the Rams walk all over them the week prior. Walk all over them. I can't trust one layer of this Steelers team right now. I just can't. And and I don't know if that's a buildup in the smoke and mirrors of the nine games and the seven and four record entering Sunday. 
and I vehemently disagree. The Steelers are on that level right now. They are as bad as the Cardinals right now. And we just saw the proof in the pudding on Sunday. They are a bad offense still. Their defense, while they don't, don't allow points, while they don't allow points, they allow a hell of a, a lot of yards. And the one thing they were remotely good at on defense and stopping the run, they just let one of their own former guys do it to them for 100 yards and two touchdowns. I can't trust any layer right now, aside from TJ Watt and maybe Minka Fitzpatrick, even with the bad left hand, to do anything right right now for this team. All right, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna be the cooler head that prevails here. My word to describe, and I'll let you take over putting comments on the screen. My my uh, um, my word to describe is just volatile. Um, the other thing that Jalen Warren said that really kind of stood out to me more than I probably even more so than we took them too lightly was we let we let the highs get too high or we we got too high off of the high. That is a bad sign for a team. It doesn't matter what sport it is. If you let the highs get too high, then these kind of games happen, right? And if you let the lows get too low, you can't find a way to bounce back from these type of performances. Um the one good thing is with Mike Tomlin is that when the low, when they do get low, he has a really good way of turning them around quickly. That has been consistent throughout his entire tenure as head coach. I understand there's going to be um, comments that are going to disagree with me, and that's fine. I I I I don't care. This it's just it's just the truth. Mike Tomlin has repeatedly done this throughout his career, throughout his tenure as head coach. Even as recent as last year, started two and six, they finished nine and eight. I'm not saying that's a successful season. I'm talking about his ability to get a team to bounce back from a low. But with that comes the also the ability to not let the the good moments, the highs, you where you start to kind of float above actual reality. Right. The reality is. Eddie Faulkner and Mike Sullivan are not the answer at offensive coordinator and 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 play caller. Absolutely not. And, Absolutely not. And it's not a long-term solution. No, and yesterday proved that because the game plan going into yesterday was terrible. For the first three series of the game, Najee Harris and Jalen Warren had a combined five carries. And it's not like they had five carries for eight yards and they just couldn't run the ball. No, they had five carries for 37 yards. They were averaging more than seven yards per carry against a defense that had just given up 226 yards on the ground to the Rams and has been giving up more than 140 yards on the ground all season long. Unacceptable. It's unacceptable. They should have, this is the game that you should be absolutely run on first down, run on second down, run on first down, run on second down, right out of the gate. I don't care if you're running duo. I don't care if you're running outside zone. I don't care if you're running from under center or, under, or out of the shotgun or out of the pistol. I don't care. Run the foot, the football. I'm not saying a bad word. Run the like run the football the again and jam it down their throat. Like that should have been the game plan. It should have been that simple. Now the first series was a nice, you know, they had a couple nice wrinkles. They finally threw a good concept out of play action for Christ's sake. Like 
they ran a flood concept out of play action. Like that's like the, instead of play action, like on a pass to the flat, which is what they've done all season. They actually did a good passing concept out of an, out of play action. And it, Look at, look at there. It resulted in a really long pass to, to George Pickens. It, the, overall, I did almost have to bleep myself. He did bleep himself. <laughs> we'll see if the YouTube monetiza- monetization I AI hope not. agrees with I it. really wasn't trying to say, to say to that go word. I was, com- go and post and do I that. was combining <laughs> freaking and foot, and, and it, was oh. just, it came into – Okay, okay, okay. Let me yeah. take over, okay? The fact of the matter is – the Steelers colossally failed on all three phases of football. And here's the comment that I wanted to bring up. And I give a big shout out to Rick for bringing it up. Miles Killebrew committed three special teams penalties. The one thing Terrible. that he does well, and he does really well, by the way, is special teams. When your special captain. teams captain commits <laughs> three special teams penalties, mm-hmm. you're in you're in the pits, okay? You're in deep water. And by the way, okay, the uh, two penalties called on Dan Moore, and Broderick Jones, because whoever went in motion or lined up next to them didn't set correctly, didn't set correctly. Those are called on the tackles because they're quote-unquote uncovered, but that's on somebody else next to them that has to step up to the line of scrimmage. So that's on somebody else. Chuk Sikorafor taking his sweet time to rub his nipples is eligible, taking his sweet time to force a timeout, and then they didn't run the play. That was going to involve him. They told him, get back to the sideline. We're not doing it now. Because he rubbed his nipples too late to say he was eligible. That was that. Then it was Deontay getting whistled for a false start. That was another pre-snap penalty. There were too many. 12 men on the field. I've seen this from Pitt. 12 men on the field after a timeout on defense. You can't have it at this level. This is preseason. This is Saturday football. This is Friday football. You can't have this in week 13 of the NFL season when you are a seven-win team in postseason contention against a two-win team that is in the Caleb Williams sweepstakes. You can't have it happen, period. All of that combined with failure to execute, failure to prepare, failure to be ready. Now, look. We can talk about Kenny's injury and a Landon Roberts injury and Isaac Sayamalo's injury all we want, but I don't think those points really matter in the grand scheme of what I'm talking about. They mean something in a a small point, and I think the grand scheme point of Kenny, if there is one, is we're learning, number one, he's not durable. This is three times this season now. Three times this season now. Plus all the times last season where Kenny has had to leave a game because of an injury. His durability is out the window. There is zero durability. And now you have to wonder about his future as a quarterback, not just because he has not been able to throw the football well all season long and has still regressed, but also because he can't stay on the damn football field and be healthy. That's where that's concerning. Sam Allo getting hurt on the same play Kenny did concerns me because Sam Allo has been their best lineman this season. And for those out there that wanted and for those out there that wanted Mason Cole out and James Daniels at center and Nate Herbig at right guard, guess what? Eh, ain't going to happen because now Sam Allo's out. You have to play Nate Herbig at left guard, and you have to play Mason Cole at center, and you have to play James Daniels at right guard. Then you get Alanda Roberts out. And look, this is tough for any team to overcome. We've said it when Cole Holcomb went down, when Quan Alexander went down, when your three inside linebackers all get injured. 
obviously the first two out for the season. We'll see on Roberts. But when you're down to Michael Walker, Mark Robinson, Blake Martinez, and Miles Jack, where Martinez and Jack had to be pulled off the couch, and Miles Jack was buying ECHL teams. Shout out to the Allen Americans, Chris. When Miles Jack is purchasing ECHL teams in the offseason and not preparing to play football, and you're down to that option now. It's actually you're a down lot of, to that option now. It's actually a fun hockey game to go to, by the way. If you're ECHL ever in the DFW area, if you're if you ever go to the DFW area, Allen Americans games are fun. Matthew, your comment yeah. says we have plumbers playing inside linebacker. You know what that reminds me of? That reminds me of the 50s when Bob Cousy was playing against plumbers and firemen. Shout out to JJ Reddick. If you I know mean, that, no, rant, you know. It is it is true. And so th- this is what this is what uh and this is one thing again where you we want to get emotional and we wanna we wanna blame Mike Tomlin. We wanna just put it all on the coach. Um listen, there are certain things that that teams just can't overcome, you know, and and I don't think the Steelers can overcome the the issues, uh, the injuries at inside linebacker. I, I just don't. Because right now you are down to your top off-ball linebacker, inside linebacker, whatever you want to call them, is Michael Walker. And there is a reason why. And I, I said this in the comments on, on my Chalk Talk earlier. Mm-hmm. There's always these fast this fascination to go with certain players like Michael Walker and Blake Martinez. I mean, how often do we get questions about these type of guys. There's always this fascination from the fan base. Not oh saying that they're God. clamoring, not saying that they're clamoring that they should be starting or anything like that, but there's this fascination with all the players that aren't starters. And the fact of the matter is, is that the vast majority of the time, there's a reason why these guys are on practice squads. There's a reason why these guys are seventh right. round picks. If they were good enough to play, they would be playing. Exactly. And Period. so when, when Michael Walker is your top like option at inside linebacker, you are desperately weak. I mean, beyond weak and it's proof in the pudding. He couldn't cover Trey McBride well enough. And so if they ever go against even Travis Kelsey, you know, slowing down, if they ever go against, geez, I mean, no, it's, it's true. I mean, plumbers, Amazon workers and Pokemon scammers. Th- this is, th- I mean, it's a joke and it's funny. And that's definitely comment of the day from Kane. Plumbers, Amazon to. workers, and Pokemon scammers at inside linebacker. I mean, it's actually true. That's the thing, is that that is something that you just cannot overcome. You've got a guy who is essentially your third option right now. That's common of the day. Maybe, four, maybe fourth option, if you also include Mark Robinson. <laughs> Robert. Yeah. Pl- plumbers open holes. You know what? I'm- You're right. But my, right. I mean, Miles Jack had uh, was was retired. I'm sorry, but once a player retires, it's it's over. The, like the, 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 he will never be, and you can mark my words on this. He will never be the same Miles Jack that we saw in Jacksonville <sighs> ever. Once you once you commit to retiring, even if you come back out of it, the only player that I can think of in sports history, and I'm sure there's more that. Did anything close to what they did before they retired as Mario Lemieux? That, that that's about it. Rick, I hate to tell you, but we're already there. Rick says, "I can't wait to start hearing how the quarterback they just signed to the practice squad needs to start." That would be Trace McSorley, the former Penn State quarterback. And now you, you have go- a Pitt quarterback and a Penn State quarterback in the room. Oh, good. And by the way, yeah. if you go to the feed on uh, DKPittsburghSports.com, there is a comment I believe that says that Trace McSorley should start. Um, Yes, cooler heads will prevail. I had to get out what I had to get out, but also I don't think I'm far off from being ranty by saying this is just what they are at this stage. 
this is just what the Steelers are. They're going to play to that level. They don't have a good offense still. Their defense allows a lot of yards and not a lot of points, but the yards will translate to points if you're not careful. And when the one thing that they do well does not work, i.e. stop the run, then everything you, else crumbles. Thank yeah. you. Michael Jordan, NBA. Duh. Yeah, of course. Sorry. My brain does not default to NBA. But yes, Michael Jordan, the GOAT. Uh, Rico came at the top of the show with a contribution. Appreciate and it, Rico. Apologies I didn't get to you at the top. Uh, we had a lot of stuff on the head, clearly. <laughs> Rico with $20 says, A total breakdown by all involved from the coaches, especially Sullivan getting too cute and not just running the ball. To be uh, so-called pros making JV mistakes. Too bad the Sharknado didn't wipe out the stadium. Yeah, I mean, that delay, like an hour, 30 minutes, whatever it was worth of delays. Like, who cares? Like, I mean, both teams had to deal with it. We all had to deal with it. It's not a big deal. Um, the JV mistakes is the thing Mike Tomlin said. And uh, you can't have those kind of mistakes in week 13 of the NFL season. You simply just can't. Sean says Deontay Johnson after the touchdown, uh, uh, yeah. dancing after the touchdown sums up the whole season. Like, Okay, I'll, I'll say this. I gave Deontay the benefit of the doubt, and I have given him the benefit of the doubt, but I understand where some people might be frustrated by this. Now, I will say this, okay, and here's another way to give Deontay the benefit of the doubt. It's really hard to score touchdowns in the NFL. When you do it, you get really excited. That's about all I could say about it. So if you want to take umbrage with Deontay dancing after the touchdown, that's on you. I'm not going to do it. I don't want to waste my breath talking about that too much and i don't think chris does either i've got so, one thing i got one thing to say and that's so uh, this, this is, is the, so this is all we're gonna go on it i am i am not going anything more than this if that is the thing that pisses you off the most about yesterday's game you got your priorities out of whack completely agree uh, I'm, I'm not saying that it's i i wouldn't do it i i mean I, the hockey league that i play in i have scored goals late in the third period when we're losing nine to three and in no way, whenever I score a goal, when we're, I know we're about to lose, am I celebrating? I don't raise my hands. I don't put my stick in the air. I just skate right back to where center is and get ready for the faceoff. Because yeah. I'm like, it doesn't matter. I mean, yeah, it helps out my stat sheet a little bit, but it doesn't matter. Um, you know, I, I don't care. But if that's the biggest, if that's the thing that irritates you the most about yesterday's game, you got your priorities out of whack. That's all I got to say about it because there are so many other issues with this team outside of a guy celebrating after scoring a touchdown, regardless of the context. That's yeah. all I got to say. And Robert, you know what? We can't blame Canada no more. You're right about that. Yeah, However, you know what we can it's do? It's still his offense. You know what we can do? We can say, and we've said this since the start of the season, I think, that we never would second guess that they should have fired Matt Canada after the end of last year to start to jumpstart something to get something new going because everybody knew on first guess that whatever they were going to try to do this year was not going to work because it was still the same damn offense. The wrinkles, I don't know what you even want to call them. Uh, the wrinkles were not anything significant and opposing teams at multiple junctures have said it. This offense is predictable. It's easy to read. It's easy to see, Oh, that's window dressing or that's what's going to happen. Other teams have said this at multiple junctures last season and this season. And yet, this front office did nothing about it until it was too late. So this is what this is the bed they made. This is the bed they're going to lie in, and they're going to have to deal with whatever the outcome of that is throughout, throughout, throughout the rest of the season. And I think, Chris, it's also easy, and, and we fell into this trap. To me, it's a trap now. To me, I fell into this, okay? We sat here and said, okay, the Steelers are 7-4. and four. 
They got two winnable games with the Cardinals and the Patriots. They are combined four wins. No problem when those are at nine wins. Then you look at the schedule. Indianapolis doesn't have Jonathan Taylor. They're starting Gardner Minshew. You think, okay, that's winnable. Cincinnati with Jake Browning. Okay, that's winnable. Then you look at Seattle. Okay, is Geno Smith anything? Man, maybe not really. Okay, that's winnable. Then Baltimore, they always own Lamar Jackson. That's winnable. We sat here and talked ourselves into a strong finish for the Steelers season. And I want to back that up right now because, look, you are what you are. You are a 7-5 and five team. But you know what you also are? A team that just played down, 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 down to the level of the two-win Cardinals and looked like crap and let them dominate you in the process. And now they have to face a Patriots team that's even worse, and yet I still don't have the confidence that they can get it together in the now, span of three days. Now, again, to kind of go back on the whole Landon Roberts thing. Um, yeah, yeah. let's do that. Let's, yeah, let's yeah, actually because, talk real football points. Yeah, because, like, listen, like, the the, the moment, uh, to me, that was the moment the game truly changed. Like, Yes, like that fourth and the the fourth and goal play at the one. Uh, I like the I like the decision to go for it. Um, I would have done that. I would have. I was even happy running the ball. I don't like the play call. I don't like running out of the shotgun on the goal line. I think my primary option there is to still do a quarterback sneak. I don't care if it's Kenny Pickett, Mitch Trubisky, Mason Rudolph, whoever the heck it is, Trace McSorley. Now I don't care who it is under center. Run a quarterback sneak. Um, but you know, I, I like the decision to go for it. The moment this game truly changed and it's why I focused on the chalk talk was that 99 yard drive, which also coincided with Landon Roberts leaving the game because before Landon Roberts got injured, the Cardinals had gained 26 yards of offense, um, and were 0 for four on third down after Landon Roberts exited the game. The Cardinals were 10 for 13 on third down. And it's because all of a sudden they can't defend the middle of the field. And you can talk about three safeties. You can talk about all this stuff, but then you're completely altering the way you play defense. And the one thing that you don't want to do whenever you have a, a, a serious injury is to overcompensate because then you're talking about huge mis miscommunication issues. And now you are getting, now you're just giving up gigantic chunk after gigantic chunk, at least on that 99 yard drive, they were, stopping them on first and second down 77 of those 99 yards were gained on third down. And that drive would have ended a lot earlier. If Michael Walker could make a tackle, he can't tackle apparently because if he makes a tackle on Michael, I mean, dude, he had Michael, Michael, uh, he had Michael Carter three yards short of, of the, of the line to gain for on a third and six, you make a tackle. If that's a Landon Roberts, the Cardinals don't run on third and six. Michael Carter had three, three chances to make a play on that drive and whiffed on all three of them, whether it was coverage. You mean Michael Walker. Who did I say? Michael Carter. Carter. Carter yes. Yeah. I met Michael Walker. Thank you. Uh, he had three chances to make a yeah. play on that drive and credit to him. He owned up for it after the game. Oh yeah. Called it unacceptable. Yeah. Said it's on me. I appreciate that. He did that, but you're right. And by the way, again, that's what happens when you're down to your three starting inside linebackers, yeah. which at one juncture of the season, Mike Tomlin said it was a luxury. That the Steelers mm -hmm. had that. And now they don't. Now, now it's not even like they're they're kind of back down to like no. Now they're like horribly, horribly thin. You're in the junkyard. Roster. Yeah, you're in the junkyard. You were at the Rolls Royce dealership this at the beginning the, of the season. The comment of the, the day. Junkyard. 
Amazon workers, plumbers, and Pokemon scammers. I mean, that's where I, we're at. That, that's, I mean, that to me, that's the that we might have to change the name of the episode when we change this to a to a podcast. Is oh uh, yeah, I'm I'm down for that. <laughs> the, I love this comment from that's Bad. and and I think this is a going in coincidence with what I said, and I think it's absolutely accurate. Statistically, on the year, the Cardinals and Steelers are equivalent on most things except for record. Cardinals got healthier the last few weeks. I don't think they played down; they played even. This is what the Steelers are. This is what they are. They're, they are teams that do this. They are a team that does this. It was a fiasco on all levels on Sunday. And now, again, we can't sit here on Monday, three days before they play a god-awful New England team, a worse team than Arizona is. We can't sit here confidently. Did you see the opening over-under? Oh, yeah, it's like 30 and a half. 33. 30. Is the under over under that is Iowa, Nebraska. That is not NFL football. That is <laughs> Iowa, Nebraska on a Saturday. So look, yeah, that's where you are as a franchise right now. You're going to be playing the sloppiest game in perhaps the history. Like if this was, you know, pre forward pass era, that era would look at this game and say, whoa, that's something. What the, what are they doing? Like, in a bad way, meaning it's Neanderthal in a way. Like, you can't have this kind of system. Yeah. You can't have this kind of thought process and, and expect it to work in today's NFL. That's what I mean by that. You can't have that kind of thought work. It's just not working. What they are yeah. approaching these games with is not working. They went on a solid run at the season after getting outscored in every game for the first nine games. And the fact that they were winning as often as they did, I mean, that's outgain. luck. Yeah. Out, outgain, yes. <laughs> that's luck. That's not skill. That's luck. Yeah, I'll call it luck. I mean, there are there are other things that they are not even with, on, uh, with the Cardinals. Um, they're a better football team than the Cardinals. I don't care if they just lost 24 to 10. They're a be- they play that game. 10 times the Steelers are going to win eight or nine times. I, I mean, I just, it's, 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 I, I we're just going to disagree on that and that's fine. We're not going to agree on everything. That's fine. Uh, I, I, now do I think that this team is good enough? It, like in a, in a, in a typical season to be a playoff team? No, I don't like the offense is bad. We knew that we knew that from, from the moment this offense went three and out. How many times in a row? I can't remember against the 49ers. We, we, we knew from that moment you know, the preseason kind of gave some, gave a little bit of hope, a little bit of optimism. And then, okay, here's Matt Canada's offense that we all know and, and, and loathe. Um, and now, I mean, it's too late. Yeah. You fired Matt Canada, but it's still his offense. You got Eddie Faulkner and Mike Sullivan trying to turn, turn chick, uh, chicken salad crap into chicken salad. And they, they can't now again, I'm not, I still don't think that Eddie Faulkner and Mike Sullivan are the answer, but they are trying to do as much as they can with this playbook and you can't do much with it because it's just not a good offense. Um, they, they gotta, when you can't score points in today's NFL, you're very, very limited, uh, with the defense's ability to take the ball away. That's one of the reasons why they are where they are. And then when it comes down to it, it goes against everything. Statistically, usually when it comes down to it in the fourth quarter and games that in games that are close, this team figures out a way to do it. The defense clamps down. The offense pu- uh, pulls it through. Yesterday, it was just too little too late. didn't matter by the fourth quarter, everything like that. This offense wasn't doing anything. 
Um, no. Especially whenever you throw Mitch Trubisky in there, this team does not has not done well this year when Kenny Pickett's had to leave with an injury, which has now happened three times, and they've lost all three games. So I'm not, I think Mitch Trubisky is a, is a is a decent option whenever he's going in, knowing he's the starter and is game planning to be the starter. So I think you'll see a different version of Mitch this uh, on Thursday. Um, whenever he has to come in and and literally take over, I think that's whenever. Mitch is not at his best. Um, it's still, it's, and yeah, and Anthony's, it's a, it's a flawed team. It, it just, it is. It's, it's not a, it's not a great football team. It's not a good football team. I don't think they're as good as their record, but I don't think they're as bad as they showed on tape uh, yesterday. Um, they're volatile. When you have teams that ride the highs too high and ro- ride the lows too low, yep. you're, you're going to be volatile. And it doesn't, and, and another thing that plays into that, is the fact that there are still a lot of young players on this offense and what are young players typical? How, how are, how are they typically? They're young. They're typically volatile, right? They, 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 when they get happy, they get really happy. When they get down on the dumps, they're really, really low. They don't know how to stay consistent and even keeled and everything like that. I mean, I'm going to use a baseball metaphor here again. Look at the world champions, the Texas Rangers. Yes, they kind of, you know, they they bought some players with free agency, but a lot of that lineup, a lot of that team is also guys, younger guys that came up that were that were developed for, uh, developed either within the system or traded for whenever they were about to become major leaguers. They weren't doing anything under the old man, old manager. Then you got Bruce Bochy coming in, future Hall of Fame manager, who knows how to keep a clubhouse riding the same doesn't matter what's going on oh they're playing great oh don't you no don't get too high listen there's still a whole long way to go oh crap we hit a skid no it's all right we got it it'll get better yeah they stay the same doesn't matter what's going on that's one of the main reasons why they won the world series this Steelers team they get happy with this oh wow we put up 400 yards finally we did it Woo! crap now we know again and it's just it's just it's this up and down thing so volatile that's my word. That's it's a fine word. Untrustworthy is still mine. And, and they, they I, can kind of go hand in hand a little bit. I can't trust them right now. I, I just I lost it. I lost oh, no. it. I don't I trust lost them. it. I don't trust them either, but I also don't think that they're I'm not overreacting to what I saw because I know this team is not as bad as that. Your special teams captain, who is typically a pretty solid special teamer, I agree. committed three penalties and three different Types of penalties. Can't have it. Running into the kicker, fair catch interference, and a face mask. I mean, this is not like it was like all a block in the back or something like trivial like that. All three different types of painful penalties. That's not how many games do you think until that happens again for Miles Kilbrew? He may never do that again in his career. No. Like that that's just again, I think that's a microcosm of and and Teresa's right. Listen, there's a lot of things in sports that are contagious. Baseball, again, metaphor. You, you hear the whole thing. Hitting is contagious. One guy hits, and it's just one after the other. A lot of this kind of stuff, when you're down in the dumps, and again, it goes into the whole volatile thing. When you're down in the dumps or you're riding the highs too long, everything is contagious. Everything is. Jim, I'm, I hear you. This is the cooler head prevail our approach, and we have to get out of here soon. Jim says, same for the fans. <laughs> Everyone was really high last week and really low this week. Let the season play out. I agree on a level-headed approach on that. However, last week the Cardinals 
lost 37-14 to the Rams. James Conner rushed for 27 yards. Only 27 yards. And they let Kyron Williams run for 143 and catch for 61 and two touchdowns on them. So this isn't a Cardinals team that, you know, got the doors blown off them by, you know, world beaters. This wasn't, you know, a, a Patrick Mahomes in his prime going against them, okay? This was this was an aging Matt Stafford in an offense that just got their running back back. And a team that the Steelers beat, by the way. And a team that the Steelers beat. On the road. Yeah. And this was a West Coast team coming to rainy, sloppy, thunderous Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And they came in and stole the Steelers' lunch on all phases. So, yeah, you could be on the roller coaster, or you could be, as Chris said, riding that steady plane. Hmm. But I think that one thing that I learned on Sunday is I can't trust these Steelers. Even if they get into the postseason, I can't trust them to win a game right now. I can't trust it. No. So that's how I feel about this team. No time to lick the wounds. Yeah, I I mean, it's very, very possible that this team – listen – According to ESPN, I don't know about how all the tiebreakers work with this exactly, but according to ESPN, the Steelers are still holding the fifth uh, fifth seed in the uh, in in the AFC. Yes, they are. And, 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 I mean, so and that game with the Colts a week from Sunday or Saturday, excuse me, is mm-hmm. huge. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's huge. It's for the sure. biggest game of the season in terms of playoff implication. Mm-hmm. Huge, absolutely massive. But we have and to get to Thursday first. This is and this is a, a really good thing that Richard brings up. Tomlin was embarrassed, and and, and listen, he yeah. was he was and 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 he was very forthright in saying that's this is on me too. This is failure across the board, um, and that does fa- it does fall on Mike Tomlin for sure. When you want to you know throw it into into the um into the narrative that he always plays down to competition, that's a that's just another that's a whole other. Yeah, false narrative the situation. Yeah. The numbers just don't don't align with it. But all right, DK and Ramon are coming up in about twenty three minutes. Over under on the bell, I say about four oh three today. I think it's going to be a quick entry. Do you have a Do you have a quick final thought? I I have one quick little bitty one. I'm <laughs> if I had a final thought, it's that. I feel like the rest of the AFC is going to save the Steelers at some point, like they did on Sunday. And if that's how the Steelers get in the postseason, that's how they get in the postseason. Like the Browns losing to the Rams, like the Broncos are eh, the Colts. Like if the Steelers beat the Colts, that's a big fate game, F-A-T-E. But I feel like if the Steelers squeak into the playoffs, it's because the rest of the AFC helps them by this point. Yeah, Uh, I I was going to say – um, if you're looking for any optimism out of this whatsoever, because what the Steelers put on the field yesterday give should give you none, because that was, like I said, failure in every single way possible. Coaching, game planning, execution by the players. Um, in every way, it was failure across the board. Every single person on the South side deserves blame today. That being said, if you were going to screw up any of these games coming yeah, up, it's fair. This was the game to do it. Yeah. Because it doesn't hurt your conference record. And when you're as when you're in a situation where things are as tight as they are with the Colts, with the Texans, with the Browns, with all of these other other teams that were that are right there in that seven and five, six and six range, conference record is gonna mean a lot. Yep. 
And if you're going to have any game that you're going to just lay an absolute egg, this was the game to do it. So let's just, you know, for optimism, let's just hope that this was the gigantic turd that they were going to put out there in these final six games. Flush it and move on. That's all I'm going to say. We're on to the Patriots. Short week. Show's coming. Tomorrow's coordinator Tuesday. Tuesday. So Eddie Faulkner and Terrell Austin tomorrow. Off day for the team Wednesday, and then it's game day Thursday. So no time to lick the wounds. Here we go. We're on to the Patriots. DK and Ramon in about 20 minutes. He's Chris and I'm Corey. This has been the Southside Beat on a Monday. Cheers, everybody. Talk to you Tuesday.